And uh, with the help you get from AOC certified technician Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive in St. Paul, we'll keep it running for you. Good morning to you, Dan Burns. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm quite well, thank you. It, uh, unfortunately, everybody at uh, Lloyd's staying healthy? Everybody's staying healthy, yeah. Like you said last week, you guys that work in that business uh, tend to wash your hands a lot anyway. Well, do you know what? And I don't know if you've noticed, but uh, when you walk through the shop, everybody's kind of in their own place and everybody's space. pretty focused on what they're doing. Yeah. So we, we don't have a ton of, it's not a big social time. We don't have a ton of interaction. Well, so. you don't have much time to do that. Well, luckily. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so. Yeah. That's great. Well, yeah. if you have any kind of a car care question, car, truck, van, whatever uh, may be ailing and you want to know what might be wrong before you bring it in for a service at your favorite shop or your favorite dealer, uh, ask Dan your question. You can do it either by phone or by text. Same number applies. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. If you have that kind of a question, don't wait though, because Dan uh, will be here till just about seven forty-five. A lot of folks, as Dan knows, uh, wait till uh, the latter part of the show, and then we run out of time, then we don't get the questions answered. We want to do that for you, so call in your question or text it in as soon as uh, as you can. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Well, we were talking to Mike Lynch earlier about uh, the weather, among other things. And uh, we've had it pretty decent, right? I mean, compared to last year or other years, I mean, as far as February, wasn't that bad. Oh, my goodness. Last, a year ago, February, yeah. we had forty more than 40 inches of snow. Yeah. It was, it was uh, in the polar vortex and all of that. No, yeah. this has been a piece of cake, for sure. It really has, yeah. 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 So what, what are the folks uh, bringing in their cars for? Just well, regular, usual stuff? Yeah, you know, the, uh, a regular, usual... Maintenance, of course, which which goes on always, and then and then breakdowns. I mean, that's that's what we see people for, uh, people that are are experiencing noises or a common thing that they experience or a feel. It doesn't uh, it doesn't feel like it used to. Yeah. When I'm driving down the road, I hear a growling sound or something like that. So, uh, you know, <clears throat> breakdowns are gonna are gonna go on forever, and uh, you know, with spring. And with so many people uh, working from home, which, you know, part of my family, you know, my, my kids and, and in-laws and so forth are are working from home now, it's a great time to get your car in. Well, that's <laughs> true. You don't need it, and your kids can't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's, so there's a silver lining. Well, that's an upside. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. something to yeah. get accomplished in, in a time like this is, is uh, bring your car in and get it, and get it uh, serviced because uh, you don't need it anyway. Very good. Good idea. Uh, 651-989-9226. We're already getting texts and phone calls, so maybe we should uh, get to it. Let's go to the phones first of all. Wally is calling in from Montevideo, I believe. Wally, go ahead. You're on CCO. Yeah, good morning, Dan and uh, partner there. Yeah, first-time caller, first-time listener. I guess I don't get up this early on Saturdays. but, <laughs> but You'll have you to know, do that I from do... time now. You'll have to do that every Saturday. I will. Okay. <laughs> I have a 2000 Buick Sabre in very good condition, 175,000. The last couple of years, the check engine light keeps uh, coming on periodically. I've had it diagnosed a number of times. It always comes up with the same diagnosis, PO442 EVAP leak. I've replaced the EVAP vent. I've replaced the new gas cap uh, on it, and I've had the smoke test on it, and I'm... Um, it can't seem to quite locate it. Yeah. Well, you've done all the right things, and uh, you need to do those again. 
because <laughs> that's for sure what it is. Either uh, one of the solenoids isn't working right and it's giving it a, a false um, reading uh, or there's a leak somewhere. And so if you brought it into our shop or any shop probably with the story that you just said, they're going to try smoke testing it again and if in and, and maybe a little more carefully this time, if and, and with a smoke test, Denny, what we do is we introduce smoke to the inside of the gas tank system mm. and that whole evaporative system. And if the mice, for example, have gotten up there and chewed on those little plastic hoses and so forth, the smoke will come out and we'll see it. We'll find it. Um, so do that again. That's that's the first thing you do. If they don't find a leak, that's good news. But then you've got something that's reading incorrectly, a sensor that's reading incorrectly or something like that. And uh, we can manually operate all of those things. We can do a, a um, evaporative test in the service bay. We can simulate that with our scan tools and so forth. And so if you bring it in and, and uh, tell somebody this story, I've had it checked, and ask them to carefully start over they will, and I'm sure that they'll get to the bottom of it. It's right. just not that complicated of a system, and uh, we always win. We can always well, that's figure good. out what that is. That's good to know. Yeah. So thanks, Wally. Uh, a text came in earlier today, said uh, 2003 Jeep Grand Cherokee in full-time 4x4. The Jeep works fine. When I go back to two-wheel, the steering buckles and feels like the parking brake is on. Any ideas? Well, uh, yes, that... Uh, uh, the, the fact that it changes with two and four wheel drive is a good indicator that when you're switching it back to two wheel drive, something's supposed to be uh, moving and it's not. I don't know if it's a motor that's not working or if it's a, a, a fork inside the differential that's stuck, but something's supposed to disengage and it's not disengaging like it's supposed to. So okay. you should bring that in and... Uh, we can, you know, when it's on the hoist, go through that operation. And in the process of that, we'll be able to figure out what part of the system is not disengaging. And then from there, we'll know uh, where we need to go with the repair. So oftentimes, that's no big deal. Uh, even if it's that, if, even if it's the, you know, the motor that operates the four-wheel drive, if that needs to be replaced, it's not a huge... Oh, it's not. No, not a huge deal or... Or not a major disassembly process. So, but take uh, it in. The good news is, I, I don't think it's going to turn out to be a real big deal for you. Well, that is good news. All right, I tell you what, they're waving at me. We need to take a quick break, Dan. So let's uh, do that. If you have, and we have callers, hang on the line, callers. We have texters as well, and we'll get those questions answered when we come back. And welcome back to CCO's Car Care Show. Denny Long here with uh, Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive, which, by the way, is located. You got to tell me because I got to come over there after I get done here. Come over, yeah. yeah I'm looking forward to seeing that. Seeing you, uh, we are at 982 Grand Avenue. You take 94 to Lexington and get off, and <laughs> very easy to find, by the way. And uh, we're right between Lexington and Victoria on Grand Avenue. Uh, you can find us on the web at LloydsAutomotive.net. L L O I D S LloydsAutomotive.net. Or give us a call. Uh, I'll be there, and I think Jim will be there this okay. morning. Six five one two two eight one three one six. Stop by and say hi. With all the stuff that's not going on these days, it's a good time to work. I think I'll just spend a little more time at work the next Excellent. few weeks. And I will see you there. <laughs> all right. 
Dan, we'll, uh, we'll get you Dan's phone number before he leaves us today as well. Uh, we have callers. We have texters, Dan, so let's uh, put you back to work. Jay is calling in from Edina. Jay, thanks for waiting. What's your question? Good morning. I've got a 98 Toyota Corolla, <clears throat> and uh thing runs pretty well, but it is, you know, it's a beater. The thing's not worth hardly anything. And when I put it in drive, it rumbles like there's a break in the manifold or the exhaust system or something. But when it's in park, no, no problem. You rev it. It sounds normal. It drives normal. There's no loss in power or anything. When you put it in reverse, you don't get that rumble. But when it's in drive, it rumbles down the road and it doesn't go away. It just kind of stays there like like there's a break in the manifold. Any ideas on that? Oh, that could exactly what it could be. The um, if you If you open the hood of the vehicle and shift it from drive to reverse, you'll see that the engine flexes quite a bit. It, it tilts forward and then it tilts backwards depending on the condition. And when you put it in drive and you're hearing this noise, the engine's flexing in one direction. And that's, of course, causing the exhaust to flex in a position. In fact, it flexes enough that they put a flex pipe, in other words, a, a, a pipe that's that's uh, perforated or whatever and has uh, is designed to flex because it's going to it. There needs to be give there. And what's happening is when you're putting it in drive, something's flexing enough to create a hole. And, you know, if you bring it into your shop, it's super easy for them to find. They'll just have raise somebody up, put it in gear, and and uh, when it's up on the hoist and in gear, it'll be very clear. You can smell it, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the the uh, exhaust before the catalytic converter is pretty strong, and uh, and so they'll uh, they'll be able to see exactly where it's coming from. All right, very good. But it's supposed to flex. That's normal. All right. Good. Thanks, Jay. John is calling in from Bloomington this morning. Good morning, John. What can we do for you? Hi, good morning. Well, about three days ago, well, first of all, I've got a, a Toyota RAV4 all-wheel drive, and I take really good care of it. But the other day in a parking lot at a business, I rode up on a curb, and I wasn't going that fast. And uh, since that time, I've, I've driven at freeway speeds, and, you know, and I don't have a problem with there's, – there's no nothing, – nothing's happening to let me know that I, you know, put the car out of alignment. But I'm wondering if I could have still done some damage without – any signs of it well you could have but it would be unusual for you to not know it somehow and how you would know it is either driving down the highway you would feel a vibration if that was the case you did something to the wheel or tire uh, you know to cause damage or if you're driving down the highway and if the vehicle pulls to the left or to the right and it's different uh, than it used to be, uh, that would indicate a problem with the alignment. Or if when you're going down the highway, the steering wheel is no longer perfectly straight. If the, if if anything changed in any of those things, then by hitting the curb, something moved, and you should have it checked. For peace of mind, it's not a bad idea to have your, your alignment checked once in a while anyway and have the, uh, you know, all of the suspension parts check to be sure nothing's loose just for a maintenance standpoint. Um, but as far as, as your experience, if nothing has changed, I don't think that it's 
an emergency that you need to rush in and have it done. But it would not be a bad idea on your next service, next time you're in for an oil change or whatever, to just have the alignment done and uh, and just be sure that everything is, is fine. But uh, it's more maintenance than uh, than a function of the fact that you hit a curb. Okay. Very good, John. Kelly, I believe, is calling in from uh, West St. Paul. Kelly, you're on CCO. Good morning. Good morning, guys. I have a question that hopefully you have an answer or maybe one of your listeners has an answer to my little problem. Uh, what it is that in the wintertime, I get all fine particles down the sides of my vehicles. It starts from behind the front wheels and goes down both sides and around the back, and the paint kind of feels like it's sandpapery. You can't wash it off, but it does come off easily by clay barring. Sunday, when I washed out my door jams, I noticed it's under and around my outer door seals. Do you or anyone know how to get this deposits out? It kind of feels like salt, and I'm guessing it's maybe that liquid salt they pre-apply to roads in the wintertime, but it won't. you can't rub it off or wash it off. Does anybody have an idea of what you can do to get that out from under the weather seals and the doors? Yeah, I, do, I don't know, and... Uh... I, I agree with you. I think it's probably uh, something related to the chemicals on the road that are getting on, that are getting onto your car. And uh, you know, I'm a big advocate of washing and waxing and and cleaning my car. And uh, that's one of the areas that that I spend a lot of attention on is down low like that because as you're driving along the road, you get you know tar and road debris and all sorts of stuff sprayed up on your car. And uh, I think pretty much on any car, if you rub your hand along there, you'll feel that it's that it's splattered with whatever from the road. So I don't know what it is, but or how to really get uh, that yeah, off. That well, is. yeah, you know. So I think sometimes the uh, the the harshness of the cleaning chemicals is, is worse. worse than than, the, than just leaving it alone. So maybe that's the best answer: is to just leave it alone, and it'll be fine. Clean off what shows, and uh, and leave the rest alone. Interested that Kelly was mentioning uh, the clay bar process, which is a labor of love, but it really makes a difference. It really makes a difference, but yeah. you're right. That's a, I count that as a workout the day that I do <laughs> <For> that. Sure, <laughs> absolutely. But, yeah, that's a good question. Well, maybe somebody yeah, has we'll an see. answer. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Kelly. Appreciate that. Before we grab a text, let's grab a call from Joe from Minneapolis. Thanks for waiting, Joe. What is your question? Uh, good morning, guys. I have a 96 Ford Explorer, Eddie Bauer edition. I start it up, it starts up fine, idles fine, but when I put it in reverse or drive, it stalls, and then when I try to start it back up, I have a hard time starting it. Yeah, I don't, I don't, um, I don't know if that's related to uh, the fact that you're putting it in drive or, or reverse if something's changing. In other words, what I was talking about earlier if the, with the pitch of the engine, if something's changing. Uh, causing a wire to flex or something like that or or a problem like that, or if it's just when you put it in drive or reverse, the load of the engine is enough to cause it to stall. But uh, uh, if you can't get it to a shop and you, and you have to have it towed in, then I, that may be what you're going to have to do because what we would do if it was in our shop is put our scan tool on it and uh, get all sorts of information and see if something's going away when we put it in drive and reverse, and I'm sure it is, and uh, and uh, and see if, if you know if something like that is causing a problem. But quite frequently, especially right where wires uh, 
go from being wires to a connector and then from a connector into whatever component they're plugging into, quite often we find wires broken right there. Hmm. And uh, maybe maybe that something like that is what's going on. All right. Yeah. Something to check. Yeah. Thank you, Joe. We need to take a quick break, but uh, we have more show to come. Dan's going to be here for about another, oh, 15, 16 minutes or so. Call in your or text. Same number, 651-989-9226. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to CCO's Car Care Show. Danny Long here with Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive in St. Paul, helping you out. Dan, we have... Texters, and I know you're going to be with us here for a few more minutes. There is a line open if you want to call and chat with Dan, 651-989-9226. Dan, this comes from Tom, uh, who said uh, in this text, I had my tires rotated, and now my car pulls to the left. Is that common, or should I have them look at it again? I should have them look at it again. Definitely. Yes, that's very common, though. There's uh, something going on with the back tires that are causing it to pull. And uh, one of the diagnostic procedures that we do if your vehicle comes in with a pull to the left or to the right is to switch the two front tires, uh, put the left one on the right one and the right one on the left one, and see if the pull moves. Oh, and good idea. It usually does. Mm-hmm. And uh, most commonly, a pull is caused by a tire. And so there's something wrong with one of those tires that are now on the front. So you'll probably need a couple new tires. Okay. That could be. All right. Thank you, Tom. Uh, here's another text. says, I have a, a 2008 uh, Rabbit. It has a slight delay while shifting into reverse when it's cold out. Is that normal? Could it be an easy fix or something to be concerned about? It's probably nothing to be concerned about. Uh, when things are cold, uh, there is a delay. That's just the way that it is. When fluids are cold, uh, things don't move at quite as quickly in cold conditions as, as they do when things are warmed up. And so I don't, you know, unless it's a long time, I mean, if it's changed and it's significantly different than it used to be, but, but, uh, if it, uh, if, if, if you're just noticing it or if the car is new to you or whatever, I wouldn't be surprised if any transmission doesn't hesitate just a little bit, uh, when you switch it into gear when it's cold. So okay. I don't think it's necessarily a problem. Very good. Back to the phones we go. Brian is calling from Harris, I believe. Brian, you're on with Dan. Hello. Hi. I just bought a O2 Buick Sabre. It's got 116 on it. I was going to get the transmission serviced. So I was wondering if you what you thought about flush or just fluid and filter, and if you like synthetic or regular transmission fluid. I like I like synthetic fluid. If you can, I I like the best fluid that is made for the vehicle. Uh, whatever the manufacturer recommends, the best version of that is what I would use. And uh, either one is fine. A flush is fine. A filter and fluid is fine. Best is do both. <laughs> so if you really want to get after it, then uh, flush the system and then go ahead and change the filter. And if you do that, uh, you're really you're really getting it all cleaned out. Can a do it yourself or do that, Dan? Or no, does that take a pro? Yeah, no. You well, you need the equipment. So no, they, yeah. yeah, and it's messy. No, do not. Oh. Try, do not <laughs> no, try. Don't. Do not and try. To don't do, that do this yourself. at home. Okay. To, to try and lower the pan. You have to take the transmission pan off to get at the filter, and uh, you need a big catch basin to oh, okay. catch all that mess. So yeah, it's it's it'd be complicated to do at home. There you go, Brian. Thanks for the call. We have a bunch of text messages. Let's help. Uh, Here's a text that says this person wants to buy a 2017 Subaru Forester or a same-year Outback. 
The question is, which car is more expensive to replace or fix parts, especially like suspension parts? Is there such same? Yeah, no. Yeah, there would be uh, in those in those two cases, uh, you pick whichever car best meets your needs, and that's and that's the one you can get because from a repair standpoint. Uh, one's not going to be more expensive than the other. Very good. Well, except for luck. <laughs> if you, you need to get lucky and get the right one that doesn't need any repairs. Yeah. But uh, good point. But uh, that's that's just about luck. You know, beyond what we can see, uh, there is a huge luck factor in in how things work on your car. Well, on this on this point, uh, your point of the luck though, but even to push to to, to make it more than luck is you should bring it into your favorite shop to have them check it out first. Well, that's absolutely true. That yeah. We've said that how many times on yeah. this show. Do not buy a used car without having it inspected. Yeah. Very, very important. Texter says, good morning. I put in a new wiper switch and a used motor, kind of new, and replace the fuse and still get nothing. Everything else works on the switch, blinkers, etc. Help. <laughs> well, that... Uh, I can't help you with by telling you what to do other than I'll tell you what my procedure would be, would be to uh, start at the wiper motor and check for power and ground coming to the wiper motor. And obviously you do not have white, uh, power and ground. And then I would uh, go to my computer, find the wiring diagram and and follow the wiring diagram back. And uh, there's very good chance there's a relay involved in this. There's a whole bunch of wire and a whole bunch of connections. And probably somewhere along that wiring diagram, you're going to see something's going to jump out at you like, oh, I bet it's that. And, uh, you know, the most thing, the one I'm wondering about is if there's a relay involved. And uh, I didn't hear anything about that. So maybe there's a relay problem. Okay. Very good. Texters, there's a light behind the radio dial on my 2004 4Runner. Has burned out. Is that an expensive replacement? Well, uh, some of them are serviceable and some are not. Uh, if we have access to them, uh, it's a medium deal because you do have to take the radio out of the car. But uh, sometimes, most of the time, it's not as big of a of an adventure as it looks like when you're sitting there looking at your radio. It looks like how do how do how am I going to get at that? Yeah. And oftentimes, it's easier than it looks, but. Uh, but it, the, but the light bulb needs to be serviceable, and on many cars it is not. It's not. There's no light bulb. At, it's just p- built into the radio. It's part of an ah. LED face that it has, and uh, if it's not serviceable, then uh, the radio can be sent in uh, to be disassembled and repaired, and we do that quite frequently. So either way it can be repaired, but it's uh, a bigger deal if the light bulb can't just be changed. Back to the phones we go. Skip is calling in from St. Louis Park. Skip, good morning. You're on CCO. Good morning. I have a 2015 Ford Transit Connect, and it just turned 374,000 miles. Wow. Now, in an automatic transmission, when you turn off the engine, let off the brake, it always will roll an inch or so. But here recently, it's rolling in that situation six, seven inches. Is that a concern? Uh, it's something I need to have looked at right away, or why? Well, I don't know. It's working. You know, there's a there's a parking mechanism that goes down and catches on a gear when you put it in park, and it sounds like that mechanism is having a hard time grasping 
in some parts on that gear. Um, and of course it's a big deal to, uh, do a repair on that. So on a vehicle like that with 375,000 miles, I'm not surprised that things are starting to wear. And I guess it's just a function of, of how comfortable you are with it. Uh, um, you know, if your parking brake still works, maybe you could start applying the parking brake. But uh, at any rate, uh, it's a pretty big deal to repair that. So you'd have to decide uh, if you want to get into that or not. Very good, Skip. Thanks for the call. A texter says this, Dan, a 2012 Toyota Venza all-wheel drive, 100,000 miles. Should the rear differential oil and transfer unit oil be changed? Owner's manual doesn't say anything. Um, well, you can call your shop and ask them to check their maintenance schedule. I would be surprised if it doesn't recommend changing that at some point. Uh, okay. Most cars do. On Hondas, I know, uh, like in the, within the first 15,000 miles, it recommends changing the differential fluid. Um, so I'd be surprised if it doesn't recommend doing that. Uh, but check with your shop and they can look that up, uh, you know, with their information and, and see what uh, see what it says about that. Now you have access. And I was thinking about this this morning. Who inputs all of that? Because if a customer comes in, they have any kind of a vehicle, you can look up and get the whole maintenance deal right. on there. Well, not only maintenance, repairs and procedures. And yeah, everything. I don't know who inputs everything. Who inputs Google? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Good point. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a really big deal. And there are all sorts of subscriptions that we need to have to do our job, including you know, all data and Mitchell, which are aftermarket um, information sites. But then the, each, each of the manufacturers has their own information site that you can buy, uh, you know, buy into sure. with a subscription and get the information from the manufacturer. And in our business with the size that we are, we pretty much have to have all you of need that. that. Yeah. Absolutely. And so that's a big deal and it's expensive. And, uh, you know, people wonder why it costs so much to get your car fixed. Well, that's 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 part of the thing that's built into that is it's yeah. expensive for us to have the equipment and all of the information that we need to fix your car. It's true. Yeah. Dan, here's a text. Uh, 2013 uh, Ford Taurus Police Interceptor electric power steering pump can be rebuilt or does it have to be replaced? And does Dan know the cost? <laughs> Dan doesn't know how to rebuild them, and we don't rebuild them. You don't. We, we replace them, and I don't know. I haven't heard of anybody that does rebuild those. Uh, so I, I think, uh, and I don't know if, I, if I'd want to do that anyway. I think the best thing you can do is, is uh, have that replaced. Okay. Dexter wants to know, are all alignments created equal? It depends who's running it. Yeah. <laughs> no. They are not all created equal. Uh, an alignment is one of those things like a brake job. It's a really big deal. You want the right guy uh, doing it because, uh, you know, when you're doing an alignment, how close is good enough? And when I'm doing an alignment, I want all of the the specs to be exactly perfect with where they belong. And uh, if you're not willing to do the adjustments to get all of those specs where you want them, then... You know, you're going to get a, a an inexpensive, uh, poorly done alignment. So, yes, be careful of that. Alignment's a big deal, and you need the right person doing it. Dan, we got to go. Time to go. I'll see you uh, in a few hours. Sounds good. All right. Uh, how do we get to Lloyd's Automotive? Come on over. We are at 982 Grand Avenue.
And the phone number? 651-228-1316. We'll see you there. Great. Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive.